Campus Podcast. Today we're joined by John Brimo. John, it's a delight to have you. Uh, thanks for, for being here. If you want to start off a bit and just talk about your background. Okay, well, it's a pleasure to be here today, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, I guess a little bit about me, and as I, you know, I've, personally, I've lived most of my life in in Miami, in the States and around the Caribbean. And that's where, you know, I draw a lot of my background in, in tropical ecology. And um, I was actually born in Surfside where there was just that catastrophe with the tall tall building that, that collapsed. And the one thing that people aren't really talking about is all the, the, the sea level is rising in these areas and it really is affecting foundations on some of these buildings. So right up the bat into sustainability, you can see where that's where a lot of my thoughts are with everything is, is really sustainability of, of society. Um, I, I have a background actually as a telecommunication engineer, and it was um, when I started seeing things, you know, a few decades ago, just really starting to see a lot of environmental degradation where I grew up, you know, coral reefs especially, is that that's what actually redirected me into ecology, and which is, you know, sort of my grounding discipline right now. And, um, and academically, you know, I, I've worked a lot with um, socially in economically uh, marginalized communities and uh, trying to provide support, educational supports to a lot of first generation in, uh, in higher education uh, individuals. And, and I've also worked, you know, in government and in uh, NGOs as well. So kind of broad background to draw from. And then you somehow ended up in UCC. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm considered an Irish foreign birth. You know, my mother was a Murphy. And, uh, you know, for, so for me, in a lot of ways, this is kind of coming home. And a lot of things in my upbringing have made sense to me since I've been in Ireland, you know, just the way life is. You know. um, we might move on to the, the SDGs, because I know that's a lot of what your work focuses on. Can you talk a bit about the SDGs and why they're so important? Um, I, I think they really, really are important. Yes, and it's the SDGs are the, the you know the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and they're part of a larger sort of uh, framework, which is the 2030 Agenda, and and you can think of this almost as like a 15-year strategic plan. So it's really trying to set out a roadmap, and it's really trying to move our societies um, toward sustainability. And when it's talking sustainability, it's not just sort of environmental sustainability, but it's also the social aspects, the economic aspects. So it's, you can almost think of about in terms of sustainability of civilization is what these SDGs are, are really trying to achieve. And it was a, a kind of a, a long process to get to this point of almost, you know, almost 50 years that back in the 70s, and there was a, a convention, UN's convention in Stockholm, where, you know, the, these ideas of sustainability first started gaining traction on a world stage. So it, it's taken quite a bit to get to this point. And there was another sort of one of these 15-year um, strategies before the SDGs called the Millennial Development Goals. And so this is building upon them and, and being more comprehensive than the initial um, MDGs. But I think the, the real importance lies that this in the SDGs is that this is the only sort of global compact where there's full consensus. So all 193 member states of the United Nations voted yes, no abstentions, no, you know, um, no, no one voting against it. So it was, it was a, um, a complete agreement, which was orchestrated in many ways by the, the Irish UN ambassador at the time, David Donahue. So in Ireland, we actually have a, a legacy there too. And, um, but it really, you know, it just shows that sort of common framework. 
um, a common set of goals. So really the global community is trying to move in the same direction. Um, and it gives us a language too, you know, because you know, one thing I've, I've learned, you know, with some of the work at UCC is, you know, it, it seems that everybody has their own idea of what sustainability is when you first ask them. But the, 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 the SDGs really gives us sort of a commonality in that way of defining what sustainability really is and how much it encompasses. And, um, but, you know, the SDGs are, you know, they're also adaptable for each member state. So countries in the, in the global north may be working on different priorities than, you know, um, countries in the global south, for instance. And I, I think, like you were saying earlier, the SDGs, one of, one of the benefits of them is they've really kind of expanded the, the meaning of sustainability. And I think now people look past just the environmental side of it, and they really a big part of them is looking for just equity in society. Um, and that is such an important part of, of moving forward. Um, and kind of building from that, a lot, a lot of your work also focuses on education for sustainable development. So what do you think the role is, the role of education is in making a more sustainable and more equitable world? Okay. Um, well, I, I personally think it's critically important, and this is why you know, I've devoted so much of my life to the area, you know, as an educator. Um, but the, the the 2030 agenda, which I spoke of earlier, um, points out that higher ed um, has a critical role in the success of the SDGs. So, you know, that realizing that universities tend to be um, sources of innovation and creativity, um, where new knowledge is created. Um, and that there's spillover effects from universities. So things are, you know, going into the local community. Um, not all universities maybe have the best um, connections with their local communities, but UCC has been making strong efforts in this area through, um, you know, civic and community engagement uh, office. And, um, but I think also the graduates of universities are taking these fresh ideas that they're learning in the universities and then bringing them out into the workplace. So, you know, that there's, so that's going to have a, a bit of a, um, you know, helping create some inertia as well. And, and also funding more and more, you know, research funding is looking to see partnerships. They're looking to see partnerships between universities and uh, community organizations and businesses and, you know, and government agencies. So this is really, again, you know, having more of that spillover effect of what we're, we're learning here in universities and what we're realizing that, you know, it, it's moving it out and ha having that exchange because there's things we can be learning as well. And there is, is an SDG number four, which focuses on education. And a lot of it is about um, people having equal access and opportunity to education and um, trying to reduce the inequalities. And, uh, but there is, one target. So there's the SDGs, there's 17 of them, right? But there's 169 targets that are spread across all those 17 SDGs. And there's one particular target, 4.7, which is directly calling for education for sustainable development, as well as global citizenship. So what this is, um, you know, really pointing out that there's a need for um, really that we'd be thinking about sustainable development in all our education practices, not just a specific course and say sustainability, but it really should be permeating, you know, all aspects of, of student learning. Yeah, and I, I think when it is just an integral part of your education, you end up subconsciously almost learning these things and putting them into practice in your life, um, which is what we need. We need to kind of create this culture of sustainability. 
And you really yeah. hit an important, a really, really important part there that with, you know, with ESD or education for sustainability, it's not just the learning part, it is the action. And it really is about trying to engage students in action and not just knowing, but doing. And that's probably one of the most important things that we all need to be doing right now is thinking more about sustainability and putting it into practice. And kind of linking into that, you might be able to talk a bit about the, the connected curriculum that we have in UCC. Okay, um, so the connected curriculum is, is, is part of a larger um, um, strategy and it was uh, in 2018, it was the UCC's first academic strategy. So really trying to formalize the, formalize the process, at least for that whole, you know, the whole academic strategy is really trying, it was trying to build a connected university. And what that's saying is really um, trying to make a seamless student experience. So anywhere, you know, that, that students are going, that they're, you know, that there is um, a, a logical flow and, you know, the supports necessary for students to, to get through the process here. And that there's a focus on the curriculum, the governance, and the enrollment and how that's managed. So that's sort of the, the whole academic strategy. Um, and the connected curriculum is trying to create something of a, a student-centered um, um, experience, if you will, um, for developing graduates um, who are motivated to be lifelong learners. And, and this is something really important at this point in time that again, you know, that society is changing so rapidly, just, you know, just technological innovation, you know, and then you throw in things, these disruptive events like COVID and, you know, and what the instability that could be created by, you know, um, climate um, crisis and, and as that plays out. So it's going to be really important for people to be adaptable and to realize that things are going to be changing. And then how do you not only just have knowledge that's nuts and bolts of the process, but how do you really, how do we sort of reassess and remain adaptable and dynamic in, in almost like an ever-changing um, um, set of circumstances? So, you know, and this is where, you know, the, the expression, you know, the term life, le lifelong and life-wide learning comes through. And lifelong is continually having whatever it takes to, 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 to increase, you know, understanding of, of an area, but life-wide is realizing that um, everything we do is a learning experience. And then how do we make that a part of us and to understand it and to really have a deep understanding so that we can, you know, apply it to any set of circumstances. And so within the academic strat within the connected curriculum itself, um, there's a, a, you know there's a number of priority areas, and the first one is um, looking at you know uh, again like um, having a holistic view of student development, and there's three key elements here, and one of them is sustainability, and this is where you know makes a lot of the work I'm doing possible because it, it, it's really bringing. Um, you know, sustainability to the forefront of the conversation. Other areas are transdisciplinarity and community engagement, uh, global reach, which are really tied in with sustainability as well, as, as well as employability and research-based teaching or the other parts of the connected curriculum. So they all sort of fit together in a, in a cohesive package that way. Um, and I, I think to make all that possible, it's, it is a it is a big challenge for educators to try and link in all those aspects, and that's kind of some of the work you're doing as well with the, the SDG toolkit you're you're currently working on. 
True, true. And um, so what I'm doing is directly supporting, you know, the connected curriculum and that sustainability element. And, it, and it's the, 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 the ideal is to have um, sustainability in every module across the entire curricula of the university. But, you know, it's really up to the, the, the you know, the teaching staff, the academic staff of, you know, if this was in, within their comfort zone. So they may be more focused on um, transdisciplinarity or, or global reach or something. So, but what I'm trying to do is, is um, help make it as easy as possible um, with resources and workshops so that um, to, to make it, you know, just again, easier for staff to bring sustainability into the module, into the classroom, into the dialogue in a, within, the, within the class or within the module. So uh, that, that's what the, the sort of the gist of what the toolkit is. And um, so it had a few phases of the development of this toolkit. And one is just kind of getting the best practice of what's happening around the world. And this is a tough area, bringing the SDGs into curriculum on such a scale. And it, it, so it's a challenge all the way around. It's not just you know UCC that's having this. And in many ways, we're kind of leading, leading out on this. And, um, but another part was engaging the staff and students to see what they wanted and what the needs were. And so that was kind of gathering that to inform the development of, of this toolkit. And one of the things I found out was that many staff members maybe were already working toward SDG targets and not even really knowing what, you know, that there was this connection. So um, because of this, I kind of made like a mapping tool so that staff could see where their connection points were to specific SDG targets and how they could really formalize that and make it more intentional and almost signpost that this content really does fit to a particular SDG for the student perspective. Um, so that, you know, realizing that what the work we're doing is actually working on these global goals, you know, and because, and so that's, that's a big part of it. And so this toolkit is something that's not just for UCC, but it's, um, by its design is open, open access, and it's um, available to, you know, primarily, you know, for any HEI in Ireland, but it's going to be accessible to anybody beyond. You know. Yeah, that, that is really great. And I think I remember months ago sitting in that student workshop you held before you to get the kind of feedback for the, the toolkit and one of the issues students were bringing up is that they they felt like they didn't have the the capacity outside of the classroom to be engaging in the sdgs but they did want to be engaging in it in the classroom mm -hmm. um, and in the lectures and i think that trying to integrate them more into the actual curriculum will will benefit everyone there. And it, it makes it more accessible because not not all this, you know, not all our students have um, the time to, to be involved in, in, in clubs and the sort of the um, um, informal curriculum. So this brings it where it's really accessible to all people to gain a deeper understanding. Exactly, yeah. And I suppose this is this is quite a big project and trying to get educators to sign up for this might might be a challenge. Um, what are some of the issues you kind of see educators facing in trying to integrate the SDGs into their curriculums? Um, so actually, the, the the response has been much, much better than I would have ever anticipated. So that, that is actually happy. So it, it has been a, um, a sort of a willing audience that I'm working with, so which has been um, sort of encouraging from my aspect. And I, I guess some of, some of the kind of 
the, the limitations or the, the issues or whatever may be arising, you know, one is time, you know, and that's why, I'm, you know, I, you know, I saw the, uh, the SDG toolkit is trying to make things easy, trying to make it where it didn't require them a lot of time, but giving them the resources and, and strategies for bringing in sustainability, making the connections, but without it being, you know, trying not to make it a burden, you know, and a reinvention of all their curriculum. So that, that was one, one of the things. And, you know, and, and some of, um, you know, some, some of the other things are that, you know, um, again, I, it, it's hard to really generalize too much because there were a lot of, there's a lot of unique circumstances and all this, but I think that there's, um, um, that some, you know, it was a realization that sustainability is not just about uh, pollinator gardens or reducing plastic, but there are these very wide set of goals that are, you know, environmental and social and economic. And so it's really looking at all aspects of society and people started realizing that, oh, oh, what I'm really doing is advancing sustainability. And they were actually very happy. You know, many people were actually happy to realize that sort of thing when, when that moment did come. And so, um, you know, and it really is, again, like I was saying earlier about it, sustainability of our civilizations what the SDGs are looking at. They're not just looking at, you know, one aspect. And, you know, we do know that, you know, that there are historical examples of, you know, ancient civilizations that did appear to collapse, at least in part, because of sustainability issues, you know, um, everything from the Maya to Indus Valley, you know, that there's, there, there's good, good evidence to support that, that, you know, that people weren't living within the means of, um, of what they had. And, um, but I think some other things are just, you know, um, you know, not feeling, you know, because this, you know, if you're a professor, you know, you're that content expert, and now you're bringing in a piece that you don't feel like you're an expert on. So how do you like learn this language? And how do you find a way to adapt it? So I think that was a that that's been a challenge. And that's been something that, you know, people have been working on. So in other words, you know, again, the language and the, the SDGs give us that common language, so we can work this across disciplines, you know, and that's where they're very, you know, transdisciplinary that way, where they can sort of promote transdisciplinary dialogue, which is, you know, I think another strength of what the SDGs are. And they're not just STEM. So that's another misconception that sustainability is just a STEM thing. And, um, you know, and so it may take, you know, in the humanities or the arts, it may be the application of how a particular piece of theater or a artwork or a writing may invoke that, um, inspiration within an individual um, to change their life and develop a new way or to realize what's going on. So um, there's a critical role really for all disciplines in this, you know, in this work, uh, you know, and, um, and, and, and some too, you know, point out, you know, the flaws of the SDGs. So they're not perfect. And I realize that, it, but it's no really, you know, but you, you can't be just you know, the old expression, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? You know, I mean, that there's, you can't throw the whole thing out just because there's a few flaws in it that you, you want to pick apart. Um, so, you know, some of the things that, you know, it's easy to pick apart are like, you know, um, you know, still that model of economic growth, you know, that, that some people argue is, you know, is detrimental. Um, that, and so there's, there can be conflicts within the SDGs. But the, what the SDGs are giving us is a roadmap to a much larger conversation on sustainability. Because, you know, as an ecologist, I see that the uh, SDGs are very sort of people focused. They're, you know, anthropocentric. So it's really all about what people are and the environment, the ecosystem is looked at in a transa transactional way. So what is the, the economic worth of this? And so it's not, you know, so it's not really thinking in terms of a larger picture of what sustainability is. And, 
you know, which is, you know, currently, lead, you know, our current practices are leading us to, you know, this biodiversity collapse, which, you know, we're being affected by it, you know, people may not realize it right off, but, you know, there's a lot of cycles that are dependent, you know, that we're dependent on because we are, <laughs> you know, biologically, we are part of, you know, part of the ecosystem and humanity can't remove itself or can't recreate a lot of these things. Um, so I think, you know, those are other, you know, so other issues, but, you know, but, but it is, there is a, um, a culture here uh, around sustainability at, the U at UCC, which is one of the reasons I'm so happy to be here because it, it's definitely not this way everywhere else, you know, anywhere yeah. else I've ever been. This, this is just, it's phenomenal here. And so, um, and, and I think another is issue can be, you know, within a discipline, it may be uh, especially professional disciplines of accrediting bodies. So it's not just, you know, uh, a staff member may not just say, okay, I want to do sustainability and I'm going to go off and I'm going to make this happen. But, you know, it may need to be coordinated through a department and through, you know, the module or the course coordinator, but also external accrediting body bodies um, um, that need to see the merit of it and also realize that there's, you know, time because time is the critical factor. You know, if you're in a classroom, there's so many things you want to talk about. But you know you really are limited and confined to what you can you know, talk about. So hopefully more and more people are open to the idea of talking about sustainability. Yeah, and I think UCC does create that culture that even if you aren't directly engaged in it, you're aware of it. Um, and do you think, kind of going back to that a bit, um, that there is a big divide? You were saying it's not just it's not just sustainability isn't just in STEM. Do you think there is a big divide between the different disciplines? And did you get, were you surprised by any discipline that really wanted to engage in sustainability? Well, I think one of the things is funding, right? The, 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 the you know, and, and this is where, you know, uh, you know, I have heard, you know, from colleagues in, you know, in humanities, social sciences, and in these areas where the bulk of the funding is going on to say, you know, let's see, you know, the sciences, the, um, um, the engineering, and um, in these areas, and that it's very hard to get funding to do sustainability work. And, you know, when you think in terms of, you know, what we're trying to do with, you know, the student-centered inquiry-based learning and, you know, students being enabled to be learning how to learn, right? Not, not just get, filling ahead with information, but learning how to learn under different circumstances, you know, and then applying that to different circumstances. The research that the staff members are doing kind of um, is important to bring back into the classroom, right? So that students can see this, but it's also what's really relevant and cutting edge and all that. And if you can't get the, 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 the funding to do the research, that's gonna you know, have an impact. And so that, that's probably one of the biggest areas you know, that, that I see you know, an answer to your question. I'm not sure if there's another aspect of the question that um, you were thinking about. It always does come back to funding, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but is, was there any great interest from any specific um, department or subject that you thought that you were a bit surprised at that they wanted to integrate sustainability? Well, you know, the one that I, I'm really, you know, and again, the funding issues, right, are more toward the STEM, but, you know, some of the, I think the most valuable work that's happening and where I'm seeing and, and actually having just very um, um, illuminating conversations with is in social sciences and sociology and just seeing the, the, the work that's that's happening there because so much of this isn't about, you know, 
realizing that you know oh you know humans are causing climate change and how much and what numbers and this and that but it, it's about change management and how do you educate the, the general population and how do how do you does the general population become comfortable with change because change isn't easy people just want to keep doing the same old thing because you don't have to think about it and you know it's you know you just you just do and so to get people to reorient their lifestyle it is not easy. And so, and a lot of that is, you know, becomes, you know, um, the behavioral sciences are, are so important there, you know, in, the, in understanding how societies work. And, but one of the, one of the most interesting um, um, examples I saw recently of something I wouldn't have ever really considered was in the foreign language department. And there's a professor who is um, working with uh, German language and German literature. And what she's, she's doing is she's looking into literature that's directly related to conservation, to sustainability, and that's the, the literature that students are working with, and then taking students into the environment. So, you know, trying to find ways to move the classroom outdoors into nature and make that part of the learning in the learning environment. And to me, that's that was that was unexpected to see that, but but it makes me realize how it just takes a little bit of creativity and ingenuity and in, in, in these lessons of sustainability can pretty much go anywhere if the you know if the staff member is um open to the idea yeah and i think it does both come down to funding and just time again that you know these staff members are struggling to integrate it but hopefully the the toolkit helps with that and i suppose what are your hopes for the toolkit you know if i know you were saying it'll be open to to all hgis and in Ireland and hopefully globally, what are your your big aspirations for the toolkit? Okay, so I think that um, the, the biggest hope is that it's used, and that you know people find their way to it, and that it can be maintained and allowed to grow. So my funding was to create the resource, and you know I'm hoping that hopefully that it can continue to be something that's funded. Um, and not allowed to just languish and be static because these issues are changing. Like, you know, what's going to come out of the the COP uh, twenty six meeting in um, in Glasgow that's coming up? What, what you know we're seeing right now with um, the UN report on you know really how bad it, bad it is you know the climate you know and how um, things are happening much quicker than the scientific models projected, which were always kind of taking more of a conservative approach to things. But there were feedback loops that weren't necessarily. Um, um, captured correctly in the models and we're starting to find out okay well there are things that are you know um, the, the situation is is in need and we do need to take action and we need, do need to do it quickly on a global scale so you know that is just an example of what's going to come out of that and what kind of um, new lessons can come into a, a toolkit around something like that that may just come out in the next year or so you know so that's going to be um, you know something that you know again allowing this toolkit to grow and for students to use it too. And I was really, um, um, really encouraged when um, I, I sort of presented this to, to sociology and criminology to a department meeting, and they're gonna use um, this as a student resource for when students are doing their papers and projects that there's enough um, in there. And it was intentional too, that, you know, that there would be things that interest, you know, based on the student you know, feedback and, and the consultations. But they see that as a valuable resource, a digital library for students to gain inroads into literature, into you know uh, ideas for projects. So um, you know, and hopefully that just you know that spreads beyond just you know one department. That you know that the people do see the um, ability of that. But I think that the toolkit 
is a living thing. And that's the, you know, what I hope to see is not just a web page, but it's a community that forms around it, like a, you know, community of interest or a community of practice. And that's and then that'll evolve. So it's people, you know, staff who who found a um, a way, a novel approach to something, they can share it and they can share it out. And and so that there's ways and um, um, sort of um, uh, venues for for staff to be able to share, you know, their practices and to help with other, you know, the learning and other staffs, and to realize what is possible, especially if it's something really innovative. You know, how do we just keep that from being in a silo? But how do we really spread that information? So, you know, that I guess that's another aspiration that it, that it is something that you know is living in that way, and it does also open up um, all Ireland, you know, across all all the HEIs in Ireland, um, just dialogue and. and possibilities and working together and again collaborating across so that that would be at least a hope you know and to link in with goal number 17 mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and this is something that i think is going to come out of hopefully at least my my hope is that these cop meetings is more of uh sharing between global north and global south you know i mean we just saw with the vaccine rollout that you know that the global north was taken care of and going to the general public without even healthcare workers in many nations in the global south having access to vaccine. So there's still, even though those are in the SDGs, it doesn't always go into practice. But how do we really, really make this happen? Because you know these are people, you know, and that, that's what the SDG is really. They're trying, you know, one of the initial ideas is not leaving anybody behind, so that everybody has equal access and equal opportunity to thrive, and that's one of the big parts of the SDGs. And you know, and it's something that really needs to come into practice more, not just to be a lofty goal. Yeah. Um, John, this has been very informative. Thank you very much. I'm sure people will be eager to find out more. Um, is there a place where people can learn more about your work? And is there a place where people can find the, the toolkit? Okay, so let's see. Um, the toolkit is in the final sort of stages. It's it, it's to, to go live, and probably by the time this airs, it will be live. Um, I'll say my door is always open, and um, I'm happy to have conversations with uh, with people um, around issues. You know, hopefully the day, the day will become where we can have coffee together. But you know, at least you know the, the team call and all that. I, I'm more than happy, especially if you know there's ideas that people are, are willing to share. Or, and there's going to be um, a formal launch um, the first week of November. It's um, a part of a series um, by the National Forum for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning in Higher Education. And um, we don't have the date yet, but um, but it will be advertised to the Green Campus. And oh, and the webpage itself will be on, sitting on the Green Campus webpage. So there's a tab on the webpage for teaching and learning. And it'll be under there next to the sustainability module. So that's where it can, you know, the resources can be found. That's great. Thanks a million, John. And thanks for taking the time to chat to me today. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing, Mark. Thanks a million, John.